Check out Aced Out Clothing for your favorite player hats. They have Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, Glaber Torres, among several others. Check the promo code in our podcast link for a discounted rate. I'm a giant when I stand. Ballin' like the Jets, startin' jersey like the Nets. To New York like the Mets, yeah, I win like the Yanks. Like the past, fill a check. GNT Sports Talk, how to show on the net, yeah. On myself, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I put blood to the switch, yeah. From the east to the west, GNT Sports Talk, how to show on the net, yeah. What is up, everyone? We have a special edition of GNT Sports Talk. We have Dan Federico, returning guest of ours, Yankees Insider. Dan, what is going on? What's going on, fellas? Thank you so much for uh, asking me to be back on. Thank you so much for coming back on. We always have fun when you uh, come on the show. We have great talks, and let's get to it. Yeah, so we have a lot of questions. This Yankees team has been very up and down this year. You know, they've been better of late, but yesterday was an eyesore. So I'm actually going to start you off with Clint Frazier. What do you think about the left field situation right now? You think Clint can turn it around, or do you think they're going to have to look elsewhere? I mean, right now he looks lost. And I know it was a situation where I'd say most fans were excited that, you know, finally Clint Frazier getting his chance. And uh, he has had success in the past. You can't deny that. And it's hard, you know, this early in the season to kind of give up on somebody. But I don't know how much longer you could have uh, a black hole out in left field pretty much. Um, I tweeted that a couple weeks ago. I got some negative feedback. But it's still the same situation going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like there's an immediate replacement. Um, It doesn't seem like they're pushing Estevan Florial that hard to really uh, make his way through the system despite – uh, you know, him being on the 40-man roster. So it, I don't know if there's an immediate um, an immediate move to make internally. Um, of course, you know, they can make a trade, which is something you could always keep your eye on. But um, as of right now, I, I just assume they're going to try and let Frazier ride it out. But for how long? I don't know if they could last much longer. Yeah, it's really tough. And you brought up a good point about Florio. I know you're really big into him. So um, I'm, you've had a lot of high hopes for him. He's looked really good. How fast do you think they might move him through? You said they're not trying to push it, but could you see him playing at least in AAA sometime soon if he keeps this up? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, his average isn't anything uh, that, that stands out. Um, he has shown some power, which he's, you know, reflected in the past. It's something that he does have an underrated tool of his. I personally don't see – I mean, first, you have to understand that he hasn't had that AA experience um, except for a postseason appearance a couple of years ago. So I understand them going slow. Uh, but somebody that um, has so much potential um, at a time when they could use help, I don't see how it could really hurt if they start to move them along quickly. Um, I could see them maybe riding out the rest of this month in double A. But if he keeps up what he's doing, which, again, hasn't been outstanding, it's not like he is forcing his way to triple A. Um, that would be one thing if they're keeping him in double A and he's outperforming that. But I could see them moving him fast. I mean, they definitely need help that major league roster. Again, he's somebody on the 40 man. Uh, so, so the move would be seamless. Um, I think it's an option. It should be an option. I personally think they should be moving him a little quick, more quickly. Um, but I could see him being in double A at least through the end of this month. Definitely. So I'm going to transition over to what's been going on with the Yankees the past two days, which is unfortunately they still have to deal with uh, 
staff members and laboratories testing positive for COVID-19. My question to you is if you've heard anything about um, if any other players have tested positive. If uh, And one thing I was shocked about is that they didn't cancel the games. I was actually really shocked about that. Yeah, so, I mean, as, as, as is everything with COVID, um, things are kind of confusing. Things seem up in the air, not really consistent. I agree. I, I thought they would have definitely canceled the game. You would assume they would have. I mean, they're all together all the time. Right. I haven't heard anything about players or any other coaches being, um, you know, ha- having COVID or anything like that. Um, I think that's pretty clear as well because no one has been sitting out. Um, I think, you know, the Glaber news was kind of – once you saw they, they sat him for the abundance of caution, that's the words they used, mm-hmm. um, I assumed right then that he had it. Um, I knew they were waiting for confirmation tests, but I know Lindsay Adler said they've been going through a number of tests every day, um, different tests to make sure everybody else is safe. So as of now, it doesn't seem to be an issue with anybody else. Um, I know, I don't know how many players have gotten vaccinated, but we know as a whole um, it's been 85%. But again, it seems like, unfortunately, this specific batch or that specific vaccine hasn't worked or, you know, there's questions about, you know, 70%, but this is the real first breakthrough um, of people getting it in a cluster. So, um, but prayers up to all of them. Hopefully the asymptomatic, um, sim- uh, you know, continues with them, that they're all asymptomatic. And, but as of now, I don't think, I, I think labor is the only player that's really having an issue with this. That's a good sign. That's a really good sign because once we heard that the staffers got it and, it, and the next day more staffers got it and even Glaber was um, at chance of getting it. Thank God no one else has it. Thank God right now. But uh, moving on from that, my next question is um, John Carlos Stanton. He's really, you know what, the past couple games, I know last night wasn't the best, but he's really been red hot. So do you think that everybody's looking to him to get some uh, motivation because he's been red hot other than last night when I saw Rich Hill strike him out on a pitch that was way out of the strike zone. Ugh. He's been tremendous. I mean, yeah, in this in this stretch of games where the Yankees have looked really good, he's been the driving force, and that's exactly the player that they brought in. This is exactly how they thought he would perform, and this is exactly how he has performed in the past. We just all have to understand and accept that he's a streaky player, so he's going to go through these stretches where he is the MVP of the past, but at the same time, you know, he's going to go through those stretches where he struggles, um, and that's just something you live with, Giancarlo, and uh, you have to take the good with the bad, so right. – um, like you said, as of now, he's he's been red hot for the most part, um, carrying this offense, um, just just having a, a display like he did in the playoffs last year. So, um, you know, but as expected, um, could this be the start last night of something where he has a downtrend? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And again, that's something you take with him. You take the good with the bad. But as a whole, how could you not be upset? I mean, this guy was getting booed opening day. Uh, you know, Julian, you were there. I was there. You yeah. heard it in his first couple at bats. It was booze coming out already. So I'm happy to see him turn it around. Um, again, he's a streaky player. That's what you expect. And when he's on, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. And that's what he's proved recently. A hundred percent. And I'm going to actually stick with him. And I'm also going to talk about Aaron Hicks. Um, two things here. So Hicks has the wrist injury now. I don't know if you know how serious that is. And the second thing is, with this outfield being so thin, do you think they'll even consider putting Giancarlo out and left and maybe putting Gardner to center in this situation, maybe DHing um, Voight or something, and Odora back at second when he returns? 
Yeah, I mean, they definitely have decent flexibility when you factor in that, yes, John Carlo can play left if he needs to. I don't see why not. I mean, he, was, he wasn't he was a bad defender at all when he was with the Marlins, and that was something he did all the time. So um, I, I, an emergency option, he'd have to go out there. Uh, I know people aren't going to like this, but you have uh, Tyler Wade, who could be an emergency option in the outfield. As you said, Brett Gardner as well. Um, yeah, Hicks, like Frazier, it's been a struggle. I mean, he's been better than Frazier by a little bit, but it's still been a struggle either way. Um, their options are limited. I mean, Greg Allen's on the 40-man. Oh, no, he's not on the 40-man, actually. I'm sorry. He, no, they, they have nobody in AAA that's on the 40-man. Wow, so um, it seems like Floreal would be next, but, again, they're not moving him fast. Yeah. So they're going to have to get creative. They're going to have to, you know, use <sighs> Brett Gardner a lot more than they thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Use Giancarlo out there. Uh, possibly Tyler Wade as well. So oh, um, unless <laughs> unless they, they 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 think about going out with the trade, um, which I can't see happening yet. We all know Cashman isn't going to make a move too soon. Right. Uh, so it seems like whatever's on this roster right now is what we got. That's that's a very concerning aspect because me and Bobby, I think you might agree too. We think Brett Gardner's better days are behind him. I Absolutely. don't think he should be playing as much as he is right now. That's why it's disappointing to see what's going on with Clint Frazier. And then obviously we don't want to see Tyler Wade. We don't really need to explain why. Mm-hmm. So um, here's my thing. This is what makes the Talkman trade more perplexing to me. Now we could have used Mike Talkman all over the field, center or left in this situation. He could have supplanted Garner and Frazier. He could have helped out when Hicks was injured. I mean, Peralta's been good, but what were your thoughts on that trade? You know what? I'm going to be honest. I thought, you know, it was – I, I, it was fine. Either way, I wasn't really – I was on the fence with it. I didn't have really an opinion. I mean, it seemed like they wanted to go guardy, and they felt that um, – excuse me, Mike Talkin was somebody that was expendable. Now we see that they need him. They could use him, even though he, he started off hot with the Giants, obviously, but things have cooled down. But he's still somebody who could step in, reliable, definitely defensively and on the base pass. You know, left-handed back could always take advantage of Yankee Stadium. So it was a little disappointing now looking back in hindsight. But at the time, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really have feelings either way. It was something that I saw, you know, they thought talking was expendable. So uh, I figured that. But now, you know, it seems like they could really, really use them. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. And, you know, I do want to uh, bring up our ace who the other day just looked unhuman. Not human, actually, I might say. He was <laughs> lights it. out. He was literally ferocious. I loved it. So my question to you is, do you think that uh, throughout this entire season that Cole is just, when we get into a hole, Cole is going to really dig us out of it? I mean, that's that's what you're paying him for, right? Yep, I mean, he's that's true. The ace of the staff. Yeah, he, he's the ace, man. This is... This is what the Yankees signed up for. This is what anybody signed up for when they, when they have Garrett Cole in your pitching rotation. He's been absolutely dominant. Um, there's no question about him. You know you're getting a chance to win every fifth day. You just you really, like it was the other day, you just need to score a run, 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 run and things will go your way. So um, there, there's absolute confidence with him on the mound. Um, there's no doubt that he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Every fifth day, you know you're getting more than a quality start. You're getting at least a good start, if not great. Um, and he's proven that time and time again. So uh, the the one person who's not a question mark on this team is Garrett Cole, and he's performing exactly as the Yankees wanted and exactly as the Yankees need right now. So, um, yeah, I, he's been absolutely phenomenal, and uh, it's something I think is going to continue. 
I love it. I love what I see from Cole too. Every time he's out there, uh, Julian and I, and I always say this too, he's got that like Brady, like uh, Michael Jordan, like mentality just goes out there to just literally destroy everybody in his way. And I love every second yeah. of it. And I'm going to stick with the, with pitching. Um, my question to you is what's your take on Talion? I think in my opinion, he's been very hot and cold. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I said it um, the last time I was with you guys and it's not, it's not a unique take or anything. I mean, we know that Kluber and Tyon wouldn't have started 2021 on the Yankees. If it was regular season, they would have been in AAA rehabbing. Now Kluber has obviously turned out a lot better, but he pitched more recently than Tyon as well. So, um, you know, they don't have really, I guess, you know, I was going to say they don't have an immediate option to, to fill if they, they want to see him rehab better. Um, I mean, they could go Davey. It seems like he's been hot and cold as well in AAA. Um, but, yeah, it seems like they're just going to let Tyon ride out on the major league roster and kind of take those days and take the good with the bad and, and hope for the best. Um, you know, it's not something that, you know, I, I think is the best option. But at the same time, the offense should be able to beat anybody at any given day. So you kind of yeah. take those lumps when you can. And like you said, he's been hot and cold. He's definitely shown glimpses of success, but at the same time, you've seen some of these outings where he hasn't been as good or, or as what you think he should be. So, um, but th it seems like the Yankees feel comfortable with him, you know, going through those streaks on the major league roster. So uh, I think that's where we're going to see him all year, unless something gets really catastrophic, which again, the way he's performed, I don't think it's, it, I don't see it getting to that level, although you never know, but it just seems like the Yankees are uh, content with him doing whatever he has to do, adjusting, uh, every fifth day with the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some good and bad too. You guys both make great points about Tyone. Um, his outliers actually look better. Like I know the FIP and Sierra are lower, but he's making mistakes. Like he's getting beat early sometimes and he settles in. He's also really struggled on the road for some reason. I'm not sure what that's about, but the ERA is over 10 on the road. That's not a great thing. Yeah, no, I mean, the, 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 um, the splits are definitely interesting. Like you said, the road ERA is definitely a lot worse. Um, yeah, I, it's, I, he's just trying, like we could all see, he's trying to build it back. He's trying to find his way. Remember too, he's going through all new mechanics, um, using pitches differently. So it's a big adjustment. I kind of almost feel bad in a way that he has to go through this at the major league level, but that's the Yankees plan. It seems like they're going to stick with him. Um, they have confidence in him, in him, obviously. So yeah, I guess that's just the plan for right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, a couple things here. So if Severino returns, what are you hearing about the Severino return? Could Talion potentially be the odd man out if this keeps up? I I, I, I think it, it's hard to tell now only because there's so much time between now and when Severino returns. I mean, he still has months to go. So, uh, But, you know, if things are continuing this way and Herman seems to be pitching, you know, decently as, as the back-end starter. Um, I could see them possibly doing that, but I think that would be almost a last resort, and it would not be good in Tyon's case if he gets, you know, dropped for Severino. Um, that would mean a lot of the season he is not performing well, um, which obviously is possible. But I expect a move like, you know, excuse me, Herman go to the bullpen or something like that before. But – and at the same time, there's still a long way to go before Severino comes back. So I think a lot of things are going to shake out differently uh, by now and by the time Severino gets his first start back with the Yankees. Um, when do you think he will return? Do you have any estimation? Has anyone told you anything? I haven't heard anything. Uh, just really what's out there and, like, you know, basic reports um, based on the past and what you see. I mean, 
July start, you know, maybe July, August, something like that. I know they're saying he's ahead of schedule, but basic timeline, I would expect end of July, early August. That's just guessing on my part, though. Um, I'd definitely say, you know, a midsummer, one of those things that people are going to hate to hear, but I could totally see him being the the deadline acquisition uh, or something uh, like that. Uh, uh, yeah, I know people don't like to hear that, but no. it's lined up <laughs> along that way. So I could see that being the case for him. Oh, man. Uh, you I know, know people don't like to hear that one. Yeah. That's uh, a classic cast right there. Yep. I, there you that, go. that actually leads to my next question. I was going to say from, I know it's in the middle of May, from what you're seeing from this team, in your opinion, at the deadline, do you think the Yankees will be buyers? And if they are, what do you think they would be interested in acquiring? Yeah, I mean, I think they're always going to be in the market to buy. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're starting to even out record-wise. I know the sky was falling a month ago, but, you know, uh, this team is turning out to what we thought they would be. Um, if things keep up, they're definitely going to be in the market for an outfielder, and that would be before – the uh the trade deadline I, th- there's just i don't think there's a way they could keep up with what they're doing for much longer i mean maybe they'll ride it out till june i don't know if even i would do that but i'm not getting paid that money to figure out those decisions <laughs> uh, I, I i i think um outfield is definitely a concern i think you could add some bench help as well i don't know exactly you know what andahar is going to give you uh, mike ford is another one that's been a black <sighs> hole at first base um obviously I was in the camp of, you know, moving on from Jay Bruce to give Mike Ford a chance only because Mike Ford's a system guy. Like, there's no reason to have Jay Bruce. But, um, yeah, th- that's another question mark they have. So, I could see some bench help unless they want to, you know, go the route of adding Derek Dietrich to the 40-man or maybe a Chris Gittins if he starts performing well, um, which I don't think is as likely as maybe a Dietrich or a trade. But, you know, th- there's definitely question marks. Again, outfield, bench, I think are the two places they look. Right now, there isn't really a question about starting pitching. Sure, you could make the, the case that they can acquire one, but at the same time, they do have Davey. They could go Mike King. So, you know, there's options at least in the system with that. So if I had to guess now in May, I would say outfield and maybe some bench help. Yeah, yeah, I could agree with that, definitely. And you know what? My question to you is, do you think that the Yankees would entertain a trade for – and you know what we hear a lot about this is – um, somebody like Trevor Story? Yeah, I mean, the thing with Trevor Story is, is it worth giving up the prospects if you could sign him in the offseason? That's kind of the trade-off. Now, mm-hmm. he could get traded elsewhere, and then he could sign an extension with that team. That's the risk, I think. I personally, I don't know any inside info. I think they're willing to wait it out, um, especially when, you know, outside of this issue with Glaber now having COVID, he improved dramatically at shortstop, and that was big to do with having a, a competent first baseman there as well. So I don't see them making a trade for somebody like a Trevor Story. Um, I think they would rather keep the prospects and uh, kind of go for that in the offseason. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what? I do have another question for you. Um, what's your take on how the bullpen has been? I mean, you know, I, I, I think – they, they've gone through injuries. They've gone through some, you know, some shuffling. I mean, like you, like Julian said earlier, you know, Lonnie Peralta has been actually getting time and like in some big spots, Jonathan Luizaga is all of a sudden, I think the setup man, like he's, he's been performing, you know, at that yeah. position as well. After piggybacking off Jordan Montgomery, they have some good pieces. Obviously Chapman's been lights out, you know, there's no question about that. So I think it's been, you know, pretty good as advertised, you know, you want to see some improvements here and there, but 
the emergence of some of these lower guys. You know, we've seen what Mike King could do in limited time. Again, Loisega, Peralt has been trusted in some high-leverage situations. So uh, it, it's always been a rotating group of guys. Um, you know, obviously, Britain's coming back relatively soon, so that'll be a boost. I don't think there's really been any complaints about the bullpen, you know, outstanding complaints. I don't know about you guys, but I think they've been performed, you know, pretty well. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this. I think our, our bullpen has looked very well. I think that, um, you know, Chapman has looked lights out. The guy, literally his stuff looks even better than it did last year. Um, I know he's, am I not mistaken, Julian, is, does he throw a different pitch now? Yeah, he's got the splitter. That's the one that's been the big yep. difference maker the, for him. The Drops nine, off the table. The 90 mile an hour splitter down and low. It's just filthy. And then he throws 102 miles an hour right through you. And I, I Dan, I say this um all the time to Julian while we record. The Yankees bullpen went back to being a huge asset because last year was a liability. There's a lot of money into the bullpen and they look really good right now. And this is going to help us win ball games down the road. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely been on top of their game. I mean, like you said, Chadman has just been, I mean, outstanding. He's, it's, it's been crazy how good he's been. Yeah. Chad Green, of course, still doing his thing. I mean, they've had a lot of weapons, and they've all been utilized great. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, Luizaga, to me, could be a Batantis or a Chad Green type guy where, you know, you try him as a starter, uh, things don't necessarily work out, switch him to the bullpen, let him unleash at all times, and special things happen, and he's getting there, man. Each each and every time he goes out there, it looks like he's getting better. So he's going to be a weapon for a long time in the bullpen as long as he stays healthy, which, again, with Will Isaac is always a question, but if he stays healthy, man. He's going to be a threat. Again, Britain's coming back. I mean, they're going to get reinforcements as well, so it's crazy at this point of the year. Pitching hasn't been as, as much of an issue as some of this, the outfield and that, that bottom half of the lineup. So I think that's that's really where the issue lies. You make a great point because we thought the issues were going to be backwards. Like we thought the pitching and the starting would be an issue. We we really thought the bullpen would be fine. We like the O'Day, although he's injured too. But it's been like opposite of what we expected. The offense has been so putrid at times. Even the games they've won have been a lot of low scoring games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like you said, it's been. I, I was one of the guys. I'll be the first to admit I was not enamored with the starting rotation. I was, you know, Kluber and and. Uh, tie on and even Herman coming back and just being out for so long. And, you know, Kluber has been great, especially recently. Herman has done his job and, you know, tie on, like you say, you take the good with the bad. So you, I really can't complain at all about the starting rotation. And, and like we said, I mean, it's really the reverse, especially after last year, how Clint Frazier performed and, you know, being extra excited about finally being named the starting left fielder and that, and then Hicks has just been struggling. It's, it's, it's been tough. Yeah, I mean, I hope Hicks gets back out there soon, but I'm going to go back to the bullpen. So one guy that hasn't been good is Justin Wilson. Do you think he could be in trouble potentially when Britain returns in O'Day later on? Because Lickie's been outstanding and Peralta, both of those guys are definitely much better than Wilson at this point. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Wilson hasn't looked great. Um, forgot about Lickie as well to mention him. I mean, he's He's been extremely good, too, especially coming off that sprint training. And his first couple outings were a little rough, but he's definitely evened out and performed admirably. Again, Peralta, they got the lefties. I mean, there's going to be an odd man out somewhere. And I know Cashman does like to use that up and down Scranton shuttle, as we like to say, um, so that back end could be affected a little bit. But, I mean, Wilson isn't somebody who's holding his weight, so definitely could be a, a DFA option there. Yeah. 
And you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I think that uh, a lot of things are looking up. I'm, you know what? I do want to ask you about, um, you know what? I want to dive into Gleyber Torres. In your opinion, I know we've seen um, hot and cold with him as well, especially in the field. How do you think the Yankees are v- taking this approach with him? Are they? Do you think they're growing frustrated with his mistakes in the out in in the field? I, I think he's too good of a player, too good of a prospect, if you, we could still call him that, to to really even give up on. Not necessarily, you know, trade him or something like that. But even the Yankees, I think he's somebody who you still gotta gotta go week in and week out with. I mean, he, he's a young superstar in the making. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the Yankees have. Uh, you know, wavered at all. I mean, if anything, they've given him the confidence off of last year saying that, listen, he can play shortstop. We want to give him another shot. I think he's improved in that regard. Um, and I think a lot of it comes with confidence and hitting. I mean, he, he's still struggling at the plate, but that's something you expect to go away. So usually when, when one thing starts clicking, everything starts clicking. So he's starting to put it together at the plate. And I think that's going to correlate with his defense as long as he keeps up with this upward trajectory but um yeah I, I think they're going to give him as many opportunities as, as as he can agreed I think he's I agree 100% with you he's too good of a prospect to you know not have him in there not have him out there I think you know what it's confidence he's playing a different position I think it's been bad at times but you know what he's he's just too good not to have him in there um and you know what my you know what Let's go into it. Gary Sanchez. Um, look, the guy last year had a really bad year. He put in the work in the offseason. This year, it's just not there. We say it now. He looks lost. He's very uh, Jekyll and Hyde. In your opinion, do you think the Yankees have grown frustrated with him? Yeah, so that one, I'd say that, that could be more of the case. I know they like Glaber. They want to give him the opportunities. They want to see him figure it out, but... I, I, I'm, I'm not one that could keep saying, keep letting him figure it out. Keep seeing what he can do. I mean, it's just May now, but it's also just been a year and a half where he's been struggling. Uh, you know, Kyle Agashioka, batting average wise, isn't much better. But when you see what he could do, it, it, it just comes down to it, it's past the numbers for me. You know, Kyle Agashioka is going to put together good at bats at the very least. A lot of times Gary Sanchez looks lost at the plate. Um, yes, he's made adjustments and improvements behind the dish, but, you know, some of these pitchers just look more comfortable with, with Kyle behind the plate. So I don't know, man. It, it's definitely – I think whether good or bad, this is the, the proving year for Gary Sanchez. If he really starts to put it together, it's going to bode well for his future. But if he continues on this trend, it's not. And based off history, and I'm not going off of, you know – what I think he can do or what some of these um, analytics numbers say, it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to put it together. Um, I I hope for his sake, he does. I still think he's really talented. I think a lot of it's in his head. And a part of me thinks a change of scenery would be great for him as well, just because, you know, sometimes you've been here for so long and these questions are going to go away, especially when the New York media is going to keep putting into it and feeding into it. Um, So I, I think maybe a change of scenery could be, could be best for him. Um, I still think he's talented. Don't get me wrong. Um, but for the Yankees and what they need, I don't know if he's the catcher that that could do it for them. Yeah. He's been an enigma. Like he's really frustrating. And you pointed out to some analytics. I mean, the WRC and the OPS is OPS is an analytic, obviously, but it's better than DJ LeMay. He was someone pointed out. So that's an interesting way to look at it, I guess. I mean, he's kind of hitting, I guess, better than it looks on the surface, but it's still not what we need. 
Um, the catching position has been interesting. I feel like both guys are just homer or bust, honestly, even Hagee. But Hagee's been yeah, doing I'm- a better job controlling the pitching staff for sure. Yeah, like you said, like Hagee's batting average is something that people thought would be a little better, but it's not. Um, yeah, and they and there's no real, especially prospect help coming up unless you want to go Austin Walls, unless they fire rocket him through the system. But you know, you go with Robinson Chirinos being somebody who can maybe help out. But yeah, it's it's going to be tough, man. There's not a lot of media options. If you start Kahagashioka, would he look the same as Gary? We don't know that until it happens. So. Um, it could be a situation where they got to go out and, and trade for somebody or sign for somebody. Um, but yeah, it's the catcher position is again, across baseball. It's not like it's a, it's a fire burning uh, position where somebody like multiple people are like hitting the lights out. So I wouldn't say they're in a, a, a bad position, but I think it's time where they got to start at least assessing their options and weighing, you know, who could help us outside of here as much as somebody who could help us that we currently have. Yeah, it's just like it seems like they're flipping the coin half the time, like every other day. Today's Higgy, the next day's Gary. Like, it's so crazy what's been going on with that. It's almost like a timeshare yeah. at this point. Like, Gary Sanchez has probably played like 55 to 60% of the games. It's very close. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it seems like they're definitely more willing to go, you know, almost not split fully down the middle, but they're definitely leaning more to giving Higgy more opportunities. So, see how it works out for them. I kind of like to see Hickey catch Tyon a little more, maybe. I don't think we've seen that too much. I mean, he's been he's done go with Kluber, Herman, obviously Cole, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's definitely an option just to try it out. Um, you know, it's weird because you see Garrett Cole have success with Higgy, but you see Montgomery has success with Sanchez. So yeah. um, it's it's there's definitely a good balancing act, but it's something they got to work on. For sure. Now, there's been a lot of rumors, and I think this is a lot of speculation, and I think you know where I'm going to go with this one, and Bobby definitely knows. Max Scherzer and the Nationals. Everyone's been talking about this because they've been falling out of contention. I think this move's a no-brainer, and this could actually push the Yankees over the top. He could be the missing piece, I think, but of course, there's going to be luxury tax concerns unless they can offset the money with a bunch of prospects. Do you think there's any chance that happens? What's up, GNT Nation? Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel yet? Subscribe to us at Grunt Talks MLB. Once again, that's Grunt Talks MLB. You could also catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. Follow us on Instagram at Grunt Talks Team, Twitter at Grunt Talks MLB, and Grunt Talks NFL. Again, Instagram Grunt Talks Team, Twitter Grunt Talks MLB, and Grunt Talks NFL. Now back to the show. I mean, he's definitely somebody that would be fantastic on the Yankees. Like, like you were saying before, Bobby, with Garrett Cole, I mean, he's got that just gamer, like, mentality where nothing could stop him on game day. Uh, you know, he's not phased by anything. He's he's a savage out there, almost literally, the way he pitches. Yeah. So, um, he's somebody who I think would be a perfect fit. Um, but, again, you got to go with luxury tax questions. Um, how much would it cost? Do the Yankees want to take on that contract at his age? Which I don't think the age is much of an issue. But, um, you know, that's always questions the Yankees are going to weigh. Um, what's the market going to be like? Is somebody down to overpay for him? Um, there's so many factors. Now, if it's me, he would be at the top of my wish list, um, especially when the Yankees, it's not, I don't think it's a time where they should be going for, you know, uh, let's say like a tie on where you can kind of take the risk and he's young, yeah. and, but he's not really proven. I think they should go for the bona fide guy and sure there's a bona fide guy out there. So I, w- I think it would be a great acquisition, but excuse me, it's just so hard to, factor in like would they be willing to go over especially knowing when it's going to reset anyway um it's interesting but 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, a part yeah. of me would love, I mean, most of me would love him to be on the Yankees. <laughs> I think he'd be a great fit, but just the questions remain about, A, would the Yankees want to go over the tax and what would they be willing to give up? It's tough. I mean, I saw him pitch. He was disgusting. He settled down. Higgy was the only one that he basically got a homer by accident. Like the expected batting average was like 170 on it. <laughs> that was the only thing he gave up. He pitched like 110 pitches. The Yankees had no answer for him. 14 strikeouts. Seeing him live was like something else. I was really looking forward to that, and he didn't disappoint. Almost, and the fact we won that game was crazy. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's really about the money, man. He, he'd be a hired gun, literally, like he would just come in for this year. But I don't know. It's, it's yeah. not to say, but I don't know if they want to go over the luxury tax with somebody right. like that. I could see them, you know, doing their, you know, small, like Lance Lynn, Jaime Garcia type, what, or Jay Happ type when they did that at the deadline. <laughs> that could be something. I think they need that bona fide guy. They, like, mm. you can't rely on Severino no matter what he's done in the past you can't have any expectations for him to come in and have success just because of what he's coming off of. Montgomery's unproven in that regard. Kluber coming off of injury. Yes, he's done it in the past, but can he still do it? We don't know. Cole's the only bona fide yes in the playoffs as of right now. And, you know, the Yankees need to get, I think they need to get somebody else to reinforce that. Couldn't agree more. I think, I think that, um, Adding somebody like Scherzer would literally be the icing on the cake for the Yankees because then you got Cole, your ace, and then you got Scherzer right after that. It's a one-two punch. And then every five days, literally every four days, too, you were, you can get a win, too, and then the, with that guy. So my next question to you, Dan, you know what, um, with the Yankees. So, if, uh, you know what, I want to go out of uh, – the Yankees for a second is what's your take on the Red Sox? Because I'll be honest with you, Julian and I did not expect the Red Sox to be this good. I know they've taken a bit, a step back in the last few games, but what's your take on it? Yeah. I mean, really nobody has, I mean, they've been just playing extremely well as a team. They have nobody, you know, no stand. I mean, you can say Rafael Devers and, you know, Xander Bogart, Shady Martinez, they have big names on their team, but nobody's like, you know, they don't have a standout true star, I, I don't think. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but it just seems like they're firing on all cylinders, doing all the right things at the right time. Will they be able to sustain it? I don't know. I, I would err on the side of no, but listen, they've gone this far playing, performing pretty well. They're always going to be a thorn in team side. I mean, they're always a team that's going to be going to be an issue one way or another, especially against the Yankees. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty amazing on there and to see how they've been performing. Yeah. It's uh, literally before the season started, Julian and I did um, our um, baseball show preview show before the season started. And we both agreed. We didn't think the Red Sox would be this good and they're playing this good. We, we still don't believe it. Um, But you know what? I want to ask you this. How sweet, do you think the Yankees felt winning this series against the Rays? I know yesterday nine to one was just not what we needed. We wanted the sweep, but getting the win over the Rays when we haven't beat them in a series in quite some time must have felt really good. Do you think this built the confidence for the, for the team? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's uh, it's a thing where they haven't done in so long. The Rays have been such an issue, whether it's playoffs, uh, regular season doesn't matter. It's just they always seem to have the upper hand. Um, it takes one series though to flip things, so they. They, they, you know, got this one out of the way. A sweep, of course, would have been ideal, but you always take two out of three. Uh, you take that any day of the week. So you always want to win the series. Um, and, yeah, it's been – it's definitely something that the Yankees need to get that monkey off their back. 
and they did. So uh, it, it's definitely a step in the right direction, especially going against the Rays. Yeah, for sure. Brother, do you want to go or am I up? You're up. Okay, so we're looking at the standings and stuff. Um, so who do you think in the American League poses the biggest threat to the Yankees right now? Well, the White Sox, right? I mean, who, who's on top? The White Sox are crushing it. Um, a lot of these teams, like, you know, you say the Red Sox or, you know, the Rays are always going to be an issue. But we, as we all said, the, um, the the American League East, we all thought was going to be uh, on the downswing, of course. Um, but, yeah, I think the White Sox are really performing. Uh, a lot of people had the expectations how good they'd be. But at the same time, they have such a young roster that I, I was one of the guys who was almost – a skeptic. Uh, I, I didn't know if they'd be as good as they would be, but they're performing extremely well. The A's are, are performing well. Uh, you know, they're, they're a team, another team where I don't know how long that'll last, like the Red Sox. Blue Jays, another team. You know, there, there's been some good competition. Um, but in the end, you still think that the Yankees would make it out on top uh, based on who they have on their roster, what they've done in the past compared to other teams. So uh, we still have a long way to go, but I do think the White Sox are one of those teams where, okay, they got a lot of hype, but right now they're living up to it. So I think right now they're going to be the team, at least in May, I'd say right now they're the team that is going to be the team that will give the Yankees the most problems. Yeah, the White Sox. We actually said before the season we were in on the White Sox. We thought they could be the ALCS matchup, you know. The Astros have taken a step back. That team's not the same. The Oakland A's have been pretty hot ever since their bad start, so – there's a lot of competition out there. I think the East is going to be interesting. You might get two playoff teams out there. The Blue Jays shouldn't be slept on either. They've been getting hot now, too, and Atlanta's really been disappointing. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta surprised that, you know, they're they're playing the way they are in the Phillies, um, although not, you know, they're not a uh, really that much above 500. They're still looking pretty good. The Mets, obviously, have been on top of things. And then, you know, you go up and down, you know, the, the – the, the Cardinals got so much talent. They're performing as well as they could. But then at the same time, you see the Dodgers, kind of like the Yankees, where they're expected to come out of the West, but or the National League, I'm sorry. And they're, you know, starting to figure things out, but struggling. And then you see a team like the Giants, where everybody thought would finish towards the bottom of that division, are sitting on top. So, you know, it's early. Things are always a little weird and funky right now. And when teams are performing, you know, above expectations and below expectations. So I still think there's a lot of time before things start to even out. But it's cool to see some of these teams, like the Giants, all of a sudden, you know, 23 and 14 looking as good as they are. So, Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of stuff going on in both leagues. You know, the Mets have been getting hot in the National League. So I guess, I'll, you know what, we can talk some Mets a little bit. Do you think um, the Mets have staying power? Do you think they have a good chance to win the division? Yeah, I mean, I know you guys remember from when I spoke to you uh, earlier, in the offseason about I thought the Mets would be one of those teams to win the National League East and, and possibly make it out. Big fan of what they got going on. I mean, look at DeGrom, Stroman, Walker. The three of them have been pitching outstanding for them. And their offense, you know, it's been it's been up and down, but they're starting to find their groove as well. Uh, you know, you want to see Lindor perform a little better, uh, some of these guys like that. But as a whole, they've been performing extremely well, and they're a team that I think is going to be a persistent problem throughout the whole year. Um especially when they start getting healthy and as they start turning their way. So, yeah, they, they've, they've been performing really well. They're a team I'm keeping my eye on uh, throughout the whole year, not only now, and, and I think they're going to be a persistent issue in the National League throughout the whole year. I, I'll tell you this. The Mets, really, what they got going is something special. I will agree with that. But one thing I will ask you is that do you think that the Phillies could give them some trouble down the road? 
Yeah, I mean, the Phillies, they have a ton of talent, and they have a lot of winners on that team. And, you know, I've always been a huge fan of Joe Girardi, despite, you know, some of the ups and downs he had with the Yankees. I thought he's a phenomenal manager. He's a, he's a winner. He's proven. He's another one that's a gamer, you know, always intense all the time. And you love seeing those guys uh, at the helm of a team. So I think they're going to be competing all year. Again, maybe like the Red Sox, you know, they may not be a team that's that high above 500, but they're always going to be a thorn in, in a team side. So I think they're going to be somebody to keep an eye on. And uh, at the very least, a team that could uh, bust some standings up and, you know, a team that may need to win a couple of games at the end of the season going against the Phillies. That's a team that they're not going to want to see. I agree with you on that one, definitely. Um, and you know what? I'll go back to the Red Sox real quick. Do you think that it's an Alex Cora effect that since he's come back as manager, they're playing so well? I mean, you know, again, the Astro stuff aside, Cora's a very highly regarded manager. He was highly sought after for a long time. He's great in his role. So that could be a huge factor. I, I agree. I think just having him back in the fold, is somebody that, that could that could transform a team, you know, again, not be – I don't expect them to win the American League, but a team that people really didn't think would be above 500 to a competent 500-level team. I think that could be the effect of the manager. And Core is one of those guys who could do that. So I, I fully believe that he's a big reason why the team is forming so well. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I think Core really gave him a shot in the arm. They were all excited to have him back. You know, J.D. Martinez is, is back to being what he was. Xander Bogarts is ripping the cover off the ball. Their pitching's been better than expected. It's going to be a big thing if Chris Sale makes it back this year. I think that can really give them a lift, depending what he is when he comes back. When he hasn't pitched in a while, so that's another question mark. I'm assuming he's on a similar timeline to Severino, probably. Yeah, I would agree so, too. And, you know, I this is like the fifth time I've said it on here, but Chris Sale – is another one of those guys who is a gamer, man. He's always a warrior on the mound, man. You don't want to face him, whether he's healthy or not. He's always going to give it his best. So um, he'll be a huge boost. And the the Red Sox pitching staff has performed pretty well, if you look at their numbers. I mean, they've definitely been a, a pretty good rotation. So adding him would only be a boost for the Red Sox. Yeah, I agree. That could maybe give them that playoff spot because they could maybe contend. I think the Yankees will take this division. I think we all agree with that. The Red Sox could definitely be in play for a wild card, especially if he gets back to himself. And another thing with the Mets we haven't even talked about, they haven't even gotten an inning out of Carrasco and Syndergaard yet, and they're still looking this good. Exactly, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, th those timelines are – we don't know exactly when they're coming back, but those are two important pieces that you expect at some point to, to, to help the Mets out. And like I said before, when you look at Stroman, I mean, get, I get it. The guy gets a lot of hate on Twitter, but there's no doubt he's performing extremely well this year. Uh, same with Walker. I mean, he's somebody who I thought the Yankees should have looked after. Um, I know they had interest in him uh, during the trade deadline last year. Uh, just a guy who you could plug in every fifth day, you know, is not going to be amazing, not going to give you ace-level stuff, but you know you're going to get a quality start out of him. So he's been exactly as advertised for the Mets. And, yeah, it's been they, they've been performing really well. And, of course, DeGrom, I mean, I know he's had some of these issues uh, health-wise, but – you know, he's somebody out there like a Garrett Cole where you're going to get ace-level stuff every fifth day. So not surprised at all how the Mets have been performing. Yeah, he's been great. I hope he can get back out there soon. And Taiwan's been better than my Taiyan. Walker and Walker, it's actually funny. They're both, like, similar names, like Taiwan Walker. But, like, he's been better than Taiwan. Maybe the Yankees should have signed him. Yeah, I mean, he was somebody – again, I – like, when you look at the, the Taiwan Kluber signings – 
I was more so in favor of Kluber because at least, you know, he's been there, done that right. instead of the potential that Tyon has. Like, you know, Kluber is a proven playoff pitcher. And, you know, Tyon does – I mean, excuse me, Taiwan Walker doesn't have the same playoff success, but he's been in the league for so long, you know exactly what you're getting out of him. So I, I would have liked uh, him just as, you know, a, a, an insurance type of guy. But obviously the Yankees went in a different direction, and they, I'm sure they, they still feel comfortable with what they did. Yeah, um, I'm going to go back to the Mets real quick, too. I totally forgot that they haven't even gotten an inning out of Carrasco and, and Syndergaard. And just to add those two to that pitching staff and to that team, the Mets are going to be there when it's all said and done. They're, that's a scary pitching rotation. And just thinking about it now, down the road in the dog days of August and the early days of September and even at the end of September – and early October when playoffs start, the Mets arguably have the best pitching rotation in baseball. One of them. Yeah, I agree. They've, they've been just out unreal, that, that trio. And, again, you add those three reinforcements. You know, they, their offense, again, is slow. You know, you want to see more out of Pete Alonso. You want to see more out of Jack McNeil and Lindor. But at the same time, it's early. These guys, you expect them to come around. You know, like even a, a James McCann, who's had a real bad start to the year, you expect him to come around. And then, you know, the offense, guys that they have in the lineup are guys that you expect to to perform. So when you see them struggling this early, it's not, you know, I, I wouldn't like ring the alarms. You know, they're, they're, they're guys who you expect to turn around. But at the same time, they don't even have to turn around that much with the way the pitchers are performing. So, uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I've been on the Mets bandwagon for a while. I think I think they're going to be an issue come October. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And you know what? I've come to terms with that. They're just that good. And you can't take them lightly. I'll tell you that. I agree 100% on that. And so right now with the Yankees, with it being so hot and cold, they start. we always talk about that. Is The Yankees usually always start the season slow, and then they seem to pick it up. But this year it seemed a little different. We struggled a lot. But it seems like we're coming out of it. But the one thing, Dan, in your opinion, do you think the Yankees still need to address? And I always say with hitters with runners in scoring position, runners in scoring position, because that always seems to be the problem with the Yankees. They could they could hit home runs better than anybody, more than anybody in the league. But when it comes to fundamental baseball with runners in scoring position, they just don't get the hits. Yeah, I mean they, they they've done a little bit. You know, Aaron Hicks got that uh, sack fly the other day. You know, you want to see some of these games, these goal-scoring games, like getting it. But, yeah, I mean, it's always been an issue, but that's that's the way they built this lineup. It's a lot of ball or nothing in there, so you're not going to get those situational hits. Um, you know, DJ's that guy who could do it. I think Gio's a guy who could do it. Um, if Breck Gardner starting, he could do it, but, you know, you can't rely on him as much anyway. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's just the way the team is built, man, all or nothing. That's very true. That's very true. We got a lot of uh... – home run hitters, the arguably some of, if not the best hitters, home run hitters in baseball. But uh, yeah, going down the road, you know what? I do think the Yankees will bounce back from this. It's, it's, you know what? It's the middle of May. Uh, I'll tell you this. If the Yankees were like this in the middle of July, I would be a little bit more concerned, but I think that um, going down the road, I think the Yankees are going to pick it up. I think once everybody's back and healthy and everything and, we get one. I think once we add Severino back to the pitching rotation, I think we'll see a lot more out of that too. So I'm excited for what's to come for the Yankees. A lot of great things. 
Yeah, uh, like we said, you know, everybody was scared in the beginning. I mean, everybody was pissed about how they were playing. But you knew this team was going to even out. Um, they're just too talented to not. Um, so, listen, it, it's a long season. There's a long way to go. Right now they're starting to turn things around. You just got to hope that, you know, each series, you got to take the series. Again, not necessarily look for sweeps. Just get two out of three, three out of right. four. And then that, that's, how, that's how you're a real good ball club, just doing that along. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. And the series coming up, Baltimore, take two or three, because John Means is pitching Sunday. Means is tough. So if you win two games, you're good there. Then the Texas Rangers, you got to win three or four, because that team's inferior to the Yankees. They've performed decently so far, but the Yankees are just better across the board. And speaking of the Texas Rangers, I don't know if this thought would entertain you. It's not an all or nothing guy, but I have a lot of thoughts about Joey Gallo in our outfield situation. Yeah, see – I think Joey Gallo is a good fit because of his defensive versatility. I mean, you could plug him at a different position every day. Um, But to me, while I think he'd be a great fit, especially breaking up the lineup, power bat would crush Yankee Stadium. I don't know how many home runs he'd hit in a regular season. That's not big. Could this this team risk adding an all-or-nothing guy like him? And, if you put him on the roster, he's more all or nothing than anybody they have. And that's saying right. something. Is, is that worth it? Now, I, I would take a flyer on him. I definitely wouldn't give up anything crazy, which I don't think it would take much to get him despite his success in the past. But is it worth it? That's my thing. I, I'll flip hmm. that question to you guys. I'll be the host. Do you think it would be worth the Yankees getting another guy that's so either all or nothing in that lineup? Do you think that would work for them? Brother, what do you think? You know what? I think it's something you would have to definitely strongly consider. But, you know, and if it the one thing about this with this trade, does it make the team better? If if I was put in this position and I was given the money as Brian Cashman right now to make a move like this, I would look at that. And Joey Gallo's a guy who I think could provide a spark. Yes, all or nothing hitter. That's true. You know what? I think... I would do this if it doesn't cost that much and to bring a guy like him over here, I, I, I would do it. If it really, if it helps benefit the team, he could get hits, he could hit the ball out and just help us win more games, which is the ultimate goal. I would do it. So, you know what? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I would do it. I would do it too, because you made a good point with the defensive versatility. It's a huge risk and it could blow up with the all or nothing aspect. But if you get the all aspect, oh man, you could, you could sandwich him between Stan and Judge. That would, how would the pitcher even go around that? No, listen, I, I, I think a lot of it comes down to what it would take. Um, that's where I would be, you know, what, what could it be? I would be on the fence with that. But if, it, if he's an easy get um, and, you know, he's definitely somebody like you said, he, he would be him and Yankee Stadium hitting some home runs would be just a show. So uh, I, I, they need I, – I, I know, you know, people say their right-hand hitters go the other way. They don't really need that versatility. But I always think you need to break up that lineup, even a little bit. So I think another left-handed bat would be great in there. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, trust me, I like the fit. I just don't know if it would be worth yeah. seeing another 200-strikeout, 200-hitter <laughs> With 40, you know, like it's, it's tough, but he's enticing. So if they get him, I would, you know, I would still be all in on, you know, hoping for the best for him as well. So, right. I do think it would make the team better because I'm sure everyone would agree. We'd much rather him in left field than Gardner or Frazier at this point. 100%. Strikeouts 100%. And holes in the swing. And he could do first and third, like you said. So if the injury issues are a problem, he can go over there. He's the plus defender, wherever you put him. So 
he's he definitely has some value on that side. But I understand the problem with the all or nothing, and that's actually going to lead me to my next question. So pitching seems better than ever, and hitting is worse than ever this year. And there's been a lot of talk about moving the mound back a foot. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but I'm curious to see what yeah, you think. I don't have I don't have much to say except I just yeah, like I agree. It's just ridiculous. Like why would there's no reason to mess with that stuff. Why change something that's been around for almost a for a hundred years? Why I don't understand what moving the mound back a foot does. I thought it's just the small things they don't need to change in baseball. The only thing that – No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's all, I was just going to say um, the only little thing I was going to make was that it seems like they, the baseball just likes to, to change things that are unnecessary but mm-hmm. not change the things that are actually needed. So that's right. like the pitching mound is just something that's <laughs> unnecessary. Absolutely. I agree 100%. 100% on that one. Um, the, I was going to say the only thing that needs to be changed is people in the front office. That's all I'll, I'll say with that in terms of baseball. But other than that, baseball's as fun as it's ever been. Having fans back in the stands, I don't think we talk about this enough. Just the excitement aspect. Seeing fans in Yankee Stadium, seeing uh, Julian at Yankee Stadium. I unfortunately can't be there until I go in July when I come back up in New Jersey but because uh, I'm in Florida now, but – the thing is, seeing fans back, it just provides that aspect, that excitement factor that has it that we were robbed of last year, and it's so great to you know see that back. It's it just brings back America's pastime. Yeah, I mean, listen, seeing the fans back has been great. I'm so happy things are opening up even further, and you know, by the summertime, we're going to be having full ballparks. It's going to be all well. I think anyway, some places at least have some full ballparks. Yeah, so I think it's, it's going to get approved for us still. Yeah, yeah, but but I I did because of work, my work schedule. I didn't get a chance to go to these Astro games, which I'm still kicking myself for. But it sounded like a playoff game on TV. Mm. Uh, you know, listening to, and there was only ten thousand people, so I can't imagine what it's going to be like once these places are packed out. I could vouch for it being a playoff atmosphere. The first Houston game was something special. The other ones, I didn't go Wednesday, and the weather was bad. Thursday was the afternoon game, so it wasn't quite as much, but. That first atmosphere, that first game was really great. It, it sounded like the stadium was full. Yeah, it, it came off great on TV. Yes, it did. It was fun watching. It was fun seeing everybody all excited and everything. Just having fans back there, even though it's 10,000 fans, you could hear these 10,000 fans cheers all the way down here in Tampa, Florida. So it's it's really something. It's really great to have that back. It's been fun. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm happy. It's a good thing you brought up. We don't talk about it enough. You're right. It's just good after what happened last year. I think the next series is actually 16,000. I think we're going up to 33% for White Sox. So we're getting more and more in there. Some of the rules with the Vax and non-Vax are getting a little interesting. I don't know exactly how they're going to determine that, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes down the road. I'm excited to see what's going on. Yeah. Like what? So- so, like, with the pitchers, I mean, that yeah, you can't move them back a foot because then you have to change their whole training methods. That means they'd have to throw, like, less pitches because it's more on the arm, like, over the course of the game. I think the hitter's approach has to change somehow. It's all or nothing, like, analytics. Like, it's just a little too much. Like, strikeout, everyone's just focusing on crushing the ball and pitchers are throwing harder than ever. That's why you're seeing all the strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a trend that's been happening for a while. Guys, people love the long ball, so that's what that's what people want. And again, like you said, pitchers 
are throwing harder than ever. I mean, it's been, it's been insane. Like the, the average velocity has just gone up each year. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really seems like a baseball wide issue. That's been all or nothing now this year, but uh, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting how they, how people adjust. Absolutely. It, it, this is a game of adjustments, so we're going to have to see how that goes. So, brother, you have any more questions? I think we're getting close to an hour. Yep. Maybe some final thoughts if we both have them. Uh, one of my last questions for you, Dan, is um, what do you think is a more realistic trade? Joey Gallo or Trevor Story? Ooh. Joey Gallo, 100%. I think right. only because it, it's, the, it's still the free agent thing for me. I can't because Trevor Story is going to cost a lot, and I can't see Cashman giving up what it would take to get him when they could just pay him in the offseason. So I think Joey Gallo is much more of a get. And honestly, if everybody's healthy on the Yankees, I think Gallo is a much better fit because he's a plug-and-play guy and you have Glaber at shortstop. So I think he'd be much better in that role, uh, Joey Gallo, than uh, Trevor Story. You know what? I'll have to – Agree with you on that. That really is. Uh, I just had to throw. I know we brought up Trevor Story earlier. I just had to get my final question about what was a more realistic trade. So I agree with you on that one. Yeah. So I'll ask an interesting question too. And this one, like, I don't even know exactly how you're going to answer it, but it seems like Judge and Stanton are never clicking at the same time. And it would be something if they were. It seems when Judge is hot, either Stanton's injured or not playing well. When Stanton's hot, Judge was in his tremendous funk. I mean. Do you think there's any correlation between the two of them? I I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. It just seems to be a luck of the draw type thing where sometimes, you know, one's healthy, one's not. And it's just something they got to work through. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the day that the both of them are clicking at the same exact time, it's going to be like Mantle and Maris out there. Are these guys oh, yeah. fucking home runs? And that's something I think we're all looking forward to. But yeah, I think it's just it, – it's a luck of the draw type thing. I don't think there's anything much more to it than that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just that when you look at the numbers, when they both homer, the Yankees have a great record. I forgot what it was. I think Brian Hoy tweeted like 8-0 or like 8-1 or something. Like it's just such a rare thing for like all the time they played together, all the injuries and stuff. It's, they haven't even been on the field that much together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's you know, the injury stuff, that they're, they're two of the same players. So uh, they go through the same things. Unfortunately, it's just at the same time. Yeah, so I guess I'll ask one more. Who do you think is someone that um on the offense that could help the Yankees this year, or maybe someone like the people are sleeping on that you think could turn it around? Let's see, who do I think could turn it around? I mean, you know, I I still want to believe in Clint Frazier just because he's been like the golden goose almost, where always <laughs> had that hype but just hasn't gotten the chance, and now he's getting the chance. Uh, but he's so far in a hole. Uh, that I don't know if he could turn around, but I think between him or, or just Glaber, it looks like Glaber is really starting to turn it up, um, you know, and, and that's reflecting both in the stats and just you could see it in his at-bats. He was getting more comfortable. It translated to help on his defense. So I, I, I think that he's somebody who I think is going to be a driving force by the end of the season, even though early on this season he doesn't look like he is. But I think towards the end he's going to be that guy who, uh, who we all count on. I agree. Let's uh, let's hope we could all hope so, right? Let's see what happens. You know, it sucks. Exactly. Be- it sucks because just when he was starting to turn around, this happens. He gets his first homer on Mother's Day. We made a joke like it's going to take to Memorial Day, like Labor Day. We settled for Mother's <laughs> Day. So, unfortunately, 
he goes out. Like the smile up can't be complete. Like as soon as it was about to be complete, you hear about Hicks and then you hear about Torres. Like it's just such a weird thing. The Yankees can never seem to get their full lineup together. And I think that's part of the issue they've had in the postseason because the full lineup never plays together for more than like 10 games, it seems like. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just, it's, it's always something with this team, right? It's always something with yeah. the health, but they, they've always been able to overcome it. So you just got to hope that, that they could keep that up. Absolutely. Definitely. So we're going to have to see what happens down the road, but we got a long way to go. Yes, we that's do. definitely true. A lot of season left. Yep, we're what, 20 and 17. Yeah, we got, we're like a fourth of the, not a fourth even, we're like a fifth of the way through. There we go. Somewhere in that ballpark. But Dan, thank you so much. I think yeah, we've exhausted so all our much. questions. Um, This has been fun as always. We'll get the audio posted soon and hopefully we can post see you at the ballpark sometime soon. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, of course, man. I know, Julian, I met you, Bobby. If I ever see you out there, same thing. I'll come up and say what's up. So thank you guys as always for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, always no a pleasure and hope to have you on again soon. Of course. Of course. Yeah, let me know. All right, Absolutely. we definitely will. Thank you so much for everything. All right, bye, fellas. All right, take have it a good one. All right, brother. So he told us a lot of good nuggets. What do you think? Yeah, he gave us a lot of great stuff. He uh, he answered a big question about trades, what we could be looking forward to. So, you know, down the road in July, when the trade deadline happens, if Joey Gallo, you know what, I think he, he said it's realistic. So, you know what, let's keep uh, everyone excited. That's a real possibility. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been a big thing on Yankees Twitter. He's controversial because all or nothing aspect. Um, I'm, we're all for it. I thought that was a great question with him or Story. I agree with his answer because Story's going to cost so much more. Right. I think Gallo could also fit in the luxury tax if they got created because the salary is only $6 million right now. So if you get him on the deadline, it's like three. So that could definitely be a thing. And the versatility is great. I should have brought up David Peralta. I, was, I meant to do that. I forgot. Yeah, maybe we could tweet. Maybe we, when we tag him, we could tweet at him and say we had one final question and see if he could answer it for us. Yeah, we could possibly do that, brother. You did a great job as always. Uh, you know what, man? You did a fantastic job too. You had great questions. Uh, we both did. You know what? It was a great time. Dan Federico's one of the guys, I feel like. He's just, it's just, oh. and here you go. Here's, you're going to love the saying I'm about to say. I say it all the time. You know, it's just, it's a bunch of guys, you know, sitting at the table, just talking sports. That's just the way. Just excuse my language, shooting the shit. Yeah, 100%, bro. Because, like, I met him. It was cool. You can meet him soon, hopefully. He's just, he comes off just the same in person as he does through the podcast, which is cool. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. But we'll get going. We'll enter that. We know how. Yep. Take it away, bro. Grunt Talks MLB is the website. We have a lot of cool things going up with baseball and football articles, content all the time. YouTube, Grunt Talks GT Sports, tons of cool baseball and football videos. We will have those almost daily at this point. Mm -hmm. So everyone check those out. Podcast is GNT Sports Talks presented by Grunt Talks. Find us on Apple and Spotify. Instagram, Grunt Talks Team. Twitter, Grunt Talks MLB. Facebook, Grunt Talks MLB. My personal Instagram, Julian Gilardi 11 and my personal Twitter, Julian Gilardi 1. Yep, my personal Twitter is btomps81. Also, everyone follow Grunt Talks NFL. My personal Instagram is bobbythompson81. And as Julian said, check out our content exclusively on grunttalksmlb.com.